You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the podcast. I am your host, Erica Lance. I have new glasses. Anyway, for anybody who's watching, very important things that are happening. I'm super excited about these. Um, today, my amazing co-host is Danielle Orsino. Woo! And our guest is Marva Riley. Okay. So, welcome. Let's talk about what we're drinking um, out of some of our Drinking with Authors swag. I am actually... I decided to do something a little different. Uh, I I suppose it's a little healthier, not giving health advice, but I used (laughs) real cranberry juice with vodka and Sprite, the cranberry Sprite that comes out around Christmas time. So very nice. That's, that's what's out. It's very fancy and it's a lot more bitter than I was prepared for, but it's, it's good. It's, it's keeping me awake. Um, Danielle, looks like you have an amazing month today. What are you drinking? I am drinking a chai latte out of my Los, the dragon mug in honor of Carlos's birthday. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is out of uh, my little Yorkie's birthday who inspired Los the dragon. I'm drinking out of my Los mug. Oh, there you go. Perfection. Perfection. Awesome. And um, uh, our lovely guest, Marva, what are you drinking? I am drinking in my Yeti. I invested in this Yeti a couple months ago and I'm loving it. And I have just some hot water with ginger, lemon, and a little bit of honey. Very, very cool. Yes, I am. I teach, I have to practice what I what I what I teach, right? <laughs> yes. No, oh my goodness. I love I love this. I'm I'm the only unhealthy one. Somebody's got to No, you're drinking cranberry. You're, you're yeah. healthy. It's cranberry. Yeah, it's cranberries. It's so bitter, Danielle. You have no idea. So bitter. Okay. Marva, for those that may not know, what do you drink? Or what do you drink? What do you write? What? Oh my goodness. I'm awake. I wow. Promise. We're already I starting. <laughs> what well, is it that I, you write? I write, I write holistic health and wellness books. And oh, very cool. I just published my third, um, just before Christmas of 2022. Oh, wow. So what, where did your journey start then? Let's go back because what made you just decide to start writing health and wellness books? Well, I have a health and wellness background because I have been a registered nurse for over 24 years. And there you go. Something in common. My nurses. Oh, Danielle is a registered nurse. I'm an LPN and PA school candidate. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. I was an LPN for two years and then I went back and became an RN. And Mm -hmm. I spent most of my uh, professional career working in ICU or recovery room Mm -hmm. or the ER or something like that. And then I became the patient. I was very, very sick at the age of uh, 38. I was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy. Daniel will know that term. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was told that if I did not have a heart transplant, I might not live. 
That's what my cardiologist told me. So um, I did not want to do the conventional uh, medical treatments. So I sought alternative care and fast forward, I'm 61 and I am totally healthy. I have absolutely no health issues because I embraced a holistic, healthy lifestyle. And so that's what I write about. And that's what I want to tell the world about. Wow. Wow. That is quite an amazing journey. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when did you write your first book? I wrote my first book um, in 20, 2020. My first book is um, the Eat, Sleep, Meditate, A Nurse's Guide to Health. It's a memoir um, in which I shared my journey from, actually, I was a, a sickly uh, child. I was not a very strong child. And I shared my journey from being unwell with life-threatening you know, heart disease and depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff to uh, wellness. And then I shared how I did it and I include recipes and stuff like that. And that was published in 2020. Then I used to, when I hopped on social media because Amazon says for you to sell any books, you're gonna have to get on social media, make a lot of noise. And I started a, a, a Facebook health and wellness support group. And I went on social media and everybody was asking about these delicious looking healthy foods that I post. And they wanted to know what was in it? What was in it? How did you do it? And every day I would just whip up dinner within half an hour, my dinner was ready. And my husband said, you got to put those recipes in a book. So my second book, Share, that's how that was birthed. And then um, every year, you know, people talk about losing weight, losing weight, New Year's resolution to lose weight and all of that. And I see the yo-yo and I know that I have a system that has worked for me for many, many years. And I thought, well, why not share it? And that's my last book that was, is, uh, was published. It's called Lose Weight and Keep It Off for Good Understanding the Weight Loss Game. And I dropped that one in December of 2022. Wow. 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 So I'm assuming, were you ever like, I want to write, I want to be a writer. This is something I want to do. Or did that mold from the health scare that you had and the lifestyle change you had to make? It molded from the health challenges that I that I experienced because the thing is that the a lot of the health challenges that I encountered were related not just because of my poor physical lifestyle, but a lot of stress. I I had gone through uh, a divorce after twenty five years, and that really left me messed up. And my sister would encourage me to journal. Oh. So I started journaling. I mean, I have so many old journals here, things that I've written. I love <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I journaled and that helped me a lot. And I kept saying to my husband, I want to write a book. I want to write a book about my, my, my story and tell people that they don't have to live with illnesses all their life with one foot in the grave and one out. And that's how the first book was birthed, really. 
out of my experience and wanting to show other people that since I was able to reverse so many health issues, so can they. And that's how that one started. And I, I believe I will be writing multiple holistic health related books. I'm like fired up and, um, and I see where people are enjoying them. They're learning. I get a lot of great reviews on Amazon, on social media and in person. They're being, people are being helped. So let's talk about that a little bit. When you decided to, so first of all, you decided to share something that was very, very personable, personal. I can use all my words. Danielle, at any point you want to help me use my words, let me know. I was going to say, I gotcha. (laughs) So um, you decided to share something very personal, which is a little bit different when you're writing sort of a nonfiction and especially about health and stress and things like that, that we're creating those so people can relate. Was there any apprehension when you started doing that? No, um, there wasn't because I realized that a lot of the pain I suffered like during um, the difficult part of my marriage and eventually uh, divorce came as a shock to a lot of my friends and my family members because I never spoke about them. I never talked oh. about them. No one knew. They saw the beautiful, nice family. I didn't know there were a lot of good things about it, the marriage and the relationship, but things started going south and I never shared it. And um, I know that just by, I know of many people who are going through and have gone through some of the things that I was going through and are going through it. And I felt that they could benefit um, from it. I also was at that point when, um, where I was, I was willing to share. I, I share. I mean, I, I'm okay with telling people about where I was and how I got to where I am now because I know that my testimonial can help other people. So I had no apprehension about sharing uh, anything about my journey, and and we and we really should not because there's healing when we share, whether in writing on a podcast interview or just conversation one-on-one, there's healing for me and there's help for others who listen or read. No, I, I love that you said that because having gone through something similar for me, um, divorce-wise in the past, one thing that was very interesting, you touched on this, you touched on a lot of things, but I wanted to touch on this. And I think this is true for a lot of people is when I got divorced and later, like, you know, you have the, the, what I refer to as the friend fallout from a divorce where they land on either side. Very rarely is there somebody that can land in between, right. Of a divorce there, you, you either, you know, you break up your stuff, you break up pets, you decide where children are going to fly, but you also have a, a, a friend split up like you you know not that the two people who are divorcing get to decide that but a friend split ends up happening right <laughs> and i remember years later talking to somebody who ended up on his side of the um situation and they asked me some questions and there i shared with them you know what had gone on what had happened and they were like flabbergasted they're like well i didn't know this and i'm like why the hell would i have shared it with you like it, that's not something you go around talking about necessarily, you know? And it's, so it was very, it's interesting you said that because I think a lot of times 
we don't necessarily share when we're in the middle of it as much as we should be sharing when we're in the middle of a situation like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's very interesting. And then um, as you were, so had you ever written stuff like this? You were a nurse. I, I know you guys get to do a lot of writing and charts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Super exciting. <laughs> I laugh because I know that's a lot of work. Um, but uh, did, had you ever done any like writing like this before? Because having the idea and wanting to share a story is great, but the actual writing a story into a comprehensive journey that somebody else could actually read is not necessarily like you. Everybody can just sit down and do that, right? So, what was that like? I, I had never written outside of just journaling my thoughts because um, when I was going through the illnesses, the physical illnesses, the emotional, mental illnesses, because I was going through depression and, and uh, anxiety and trouble sleeping. At that time, I was going through early menopause as having arthritic pain, joint pain, sick, you know, and at the same time, a, a, a rough, marriage and I also had uh, a teenage and preteen children to deal with. I, I, my sister said, you know, try journaling. So I would just get notebooks and just write my thoughts. And sometimes I was cussing. Sometimes I was begging God. Sometimes I was uh, praying. Sometimes I was giving thanks. I mean, my journal was just all over the place, but I was writing my thoughts in on paper and that helped me a lot. But besides that, I never did any writing. But then when I decided to to write, I did a little bit of homework and everybody said, just just put your thoughts on paper, which is exactly what I was doing with my journal. So I just got my computer and I just started putting my thoughts on paper. Then uh, my daughter has a very good friend who has written like 12 children's books and she's self-published and they're doing very well. And I called her, I said, listen, I I have a book in mind. I'd like to publish it. How do you do it? And she said, just just write and find yourself an editor and five years, find yourself someone who can do any illustration, a book cover or something. And that's it. You can publish through Amazon. And that's what I did. My, My editor just took everything and she just arranged it in a really nice, easy flow read. And then I got found the the lady had referred me to someone who could do the book cover and upload it to Amazon. And that's how that, that was birthed. Um, Well, that is, that is interesting. You said one of my favorite things for new authors, editor, you said editor, 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 editor. Um, What was that like for you? So your daughter does, what kind of books does your daughter do? Well, my daughter is a children's book. Um, well, my daughter has a full-time job, but she writes, she's written one children's book, but her her friend was able to quit her six-figure uh, job and just write children's books. And uh, she's written, I think, 12 or 13, and they're doing very well, children's books. So she, yeah, she's doing very well. She was, I mean, she's just doing very well because she's a single mom taking care of two kids and she makes enough money to, to live off. I mean, I haven't gotten there yet, <laughs> but, um, but she referred me to the, the, the person who did the, like the book cover and, and build the website for me because he needed some, I needed somebody to do that because I wanted to do some blogs. And um, then I went hunting for an editor and 
my friend who is a teacher said, listen, there's another teacher that I work with who has published three books, three historic books on Florida. And she also has a, a, a company that um, edits. And uh, that's how I was linked up with the lady who was edited um, all three of my books. And we have a great relationship. We flow, she understands me, I understand her, and I can give her the raw material and she'll arrange it. And uh, all right. That's important. No, yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. And is it the same editor you've used throughout your journey? The second book, my recipe book share, I used that editor and I used, I actually used two editors because my, I have another friend who is a teacher and she started a company, an editing company. And I thought I would get her in because it's always good to have two different sets of eyes anyway. So she edited, both of them edited my second book. But my first and the third book, I use just that one lady to edit. And I'm very pleased with her work. No, that's very cool. So um, what is, so you did journaling. What is it like now when you're sitting down to write? Because you're not using journals anymore, correct? I still journal for, I, I never turned my journal into a book, which I probably will in the future. I probably will just put everything I've journaled into a book forms, but I still journal. I still write in a physical notebook. Um, for example, at the beginning or the end of last year, I wrote in my journal what my goals, dreams, and desires are for 2023. And I go back, yes, and I go back. And I also like to journal, what was a year, what was 2022 like? What are the things that I'm grateful for in 2022? And what is it I'm looking forward to in 2023? And then throughout 2023, uh, rather than necessarily doing a journal entry every day, as something amazing happens, I'll write it down. I'm in a state of gratitude, I'll write it down. Uh, a couple of days ago was my grandbaby's first birthday. I'll write it down in my journal. But I actually have already started writing something which I believe will, will, will turn out into a book. Probably it might take me a year to do it, but I wanna put something in a, in a, in a book form. And what, what's come to me is writing about thriving and surviving after a divorce. Because there are so many men and women who go through divorce and they feel that it's the end of their story. And it is not. So I felt led towards, as soon as I published my last book, my weight loss book, I felt led to write something about how I went from being broken to absolutely thriving in every aspect of my life, romantically, financially, uh, business-wise, uh, spiritually, in every way, thriving. So divorce, Job loss, I've had foreclosures, I've had many losses, but I never gave up. I kept persevering and kept pursuing. And right now I can say I am at a good place and thriving in every awesome. aspect of my life. And I wanna share that. That is awesome. That is very, that. very cool. When you started journaling, is there a way that you went about it? Do you get advices on it? Because I know a lot of people write things down, but I wonder if there's a 
formula way to do journaling, to actually have more of a um, cathartic, cathartic kind of moment. Mm. Yes, yes, twinsies, mm. cathartic <laughs> moment. Um, I like to have, um, I like to have quiet moments before I go to sleep at night. So like the last 45 minutes or so, I, I don't want to be in any conversation with anyone. I don't, I'm not watching TV. I'm not on social media. I'm in that quiet time. And that's usually when things come to me. It could be a, a moment of gratitude for when I look back at when I, I was broke, right? To now I have some money in the bank, for example. I look back at when I was very sick and ready to do pain and now I can do squats, things like that. So I'll do gratitude journaling. Um, something wonderful happened like my grandson's first birthday. I'll put that on because the parents didn't think that they were going to be able to have children and look at him. He's a year old. So things just kind of come to my mind, come to my spirit, and I write them down. That's actually how um, I think that, that the fourth book I write is, is how it is. Not I think, that's how it's been. I've been writing a little bit each night just before I go to sleep, and things just come to me, and I just write it down. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, well, we're going to take a very quick break, and we will be right back with Drinking with Authors. The Hitchhiker's Guide to Podcasting has this to say about the weekly Earth Station One podcast. Mildly entertaining, not nearly as exciting as the popping of bubble wrap, but slightly better than listening to Vogon poetry. Be mildly entertained by Mike and Mike as they tackle an assortment of geeky topics each week. Check out the Earth Station One podcast and let your inner geek out to play. took a moment I was like is she coming on is she going to tell me it's recording the AI god of zoom okay so Marva let's talk a little bit about your um uh you know because you've got on now and you're published but you kind of had to enter the world of uh, marketing and stuff like that the great wonderful world of marketing your book because amazingly it doesn't just appear and everybody buys it which would be nice but not quite how it works right now so um what was your uh so what has that journey been like for you as you've stepped into oh I have to shamelessly self-promote myself <laughs> that is such a great question Okay, so when I decided to self-publish, because, you know, my friend, uh, the, the children's author said, told me, she said, you can self-publish, you don't have to pay anything to Amazon, blah, 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 blah. So I signed up for Amazon webinars so I could learn. And um, in the webinars, they said, listen, writing the book is hard, but it's not the hardest thing. The hardest thing is going to be to market your books, to market mm -hmm. your book. Now, I had never been on social media. My sister was always on Facebook before Facebook was Facebook and that social media and the other social media, but I'd never been on them. I always wanted to keep my life private. I didn't need to feel that I needed to be on social media and I just wasn't. But Amazon said, you got to be on social media because that's where 
everybody is. True. So when mm -hmm. my book, when my book first came out, I put my camera in front of me. I did a little video with myself on my book. I opened a Facebook account, an Instagram account, and I uploaded it and I started sending. Once I got on Facebook, I saw all these people that I knew and they said, you can send friend requests, friend requests, friend requests. I just needed a few friends, okay? And they all message, they all text me or something and said, are you on Facebook? Or is it <laughs> They're like, is this really you? Or did somebody steal your picture? That happens. So it's smart of your yeah. friends to ask that question. And that's how I started. In fact, to be honest with you, most of my sales are driven through Facebook. Not necessarily friends or family, but folks that see me on Facebook or know my sister or somebody on Facebook, and they were the first 20 or so who bought my books. And even now, most of my books are sold through folks that I know or interact with, not necessarily know, no, but um, are Facebook friends with, or they follow me or something, and they see what my mission is, and they're the ones that buy my book, and they're the repeating, repeat customers. They bought my first book, they bought my second book and they buy my third book. So Facebook is big for me. I'm on Instagram. I haven't quite figured out the algorithm with Instagram. I've had a couple sales. Um, it's always changing. Instagram. It's always changing. It's difficult to follow. And I, on Facebook, I started a, a, a group. Because I, I had joined some groups that were... Uh, like health and wellness groups and they weren't allowing me to post my books and stuff like that or because I'm plant-based eater my plant-based food and stuff and one lady said well start your own group so I did and I have over 700 people in it and those are some of my customers I started a YouTube channel I have over a thousand subscribers on YouTube I'm on TikTok I'm oh, on. how has that been for somebody who's not technologically savvy? Let's take a moment to discuss That's, that, Joey. Yeah. So how was that for you? Yeah, TikTok is a little slow, but I still stay on TikTok. Um, I just have, I think I have 130 um, followers on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. And um, I'm on um, YouTube. Like I said, every day I try to drop a video on YouTube and I have over a thousand subscribers and I'm always on Instagram, on Facebook. I've set up my Instagram. So whatever I post on Instagram flows into Facebook and I'm in some Facebook groups with like-minded women, authors, and I post on it. So I just set aside strategic times to post my book and I do videos and, and, and that kind of, and I, but I'm not just posting about my book. I'm posting recipes. I'm posting myself working out, um, myself having fun, things like that. So folks get to know me and trust. What oh, I if do. you only posted about your book, you wouldn't have that many followers because that is that's it. one thing I think a lot of people, we don't actually cover that very much, but you can talk about your books, but people want to get to know the author want to have a community and not want to walk in and try to be sold something every time they walk in. Especially a lot of times people on your pages have bought your book and that's how they found you is they've already bought one of the books and then they find you, yes. you know? So you can't be like, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, buy my, you know, like it doesn't work. To they do want that. something more. 
That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are you still a nurse or are you, where are you at nurse wise? Okay. So, you know, I think once you're a nurse, Danielle, you're always a nurse. You're always a nurse. nurse. So long as you, and you're always a nurse, you can, you can keep your light, your nursing license forever. You don't ever have to surrender it, but you can make it inactive. For example, if you're not working in the health, in the hospital or or nursing home or rehab or wherever you can make it inactive, but you're still a licensed registered nurse. So I am a licensed registered nurse. Um, and, uh, five years, I lived in South Florida, which is where I practiced nursing for most of my nursing life. And I've been a registered nurse since 1998. I was an LPN licensed practical nurse for a couple of years before that. Five years ago, um, we moved to Georgia. And, um, since I came to Georgia, my husband and I kind of um, branched off into a little bit of uh, some other business. We went in the real estate business. And so I have put nursing in a facility on hold. So in, in terms of nursing, I'm doing what a real nurse should do is to educate people, to educate myself, you know, to research and learn so that I in turn can pass it the information on to people to help them to become well and to stay well, to become fit and to stay fit, to lose the weight and to keep it off for good. Very it's cool. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my thing. Danielle, I'm sure you have similar. Yeah, personal training, you know, kept, just kept going, kept educating, kept learning different mm-hmm. certifications, things like that. I just think once you're a nurse, your desire to continue to teach and improve the quality of life for people, you just never lose it. Or at least that's what I found as a nurse. Yes, absolutely. So long as you went into nursing for the love of the trade, for the love of people, and some folks, a handful might've gone into nursing because you know it's, it's one of those uh, professions that you will always have a job. Um, but I believe that most nurses go into nursing because nurses don't make a lot of money. People think nurses no, we make don't. a lot of money. We do not. And nope. the nurse is the nucleus of the health industry. No mm-hmm. nurse, nothing goes on, but we don't no. make much money. And, um, but, but nurses are compassionate, kind people. Uh, we're, we're just the- overworked. Overworked and underpaid and underpaid. That's, that's the issue. I do have one question for you. Have you, does your book cover or will you write a book about holistic, um, the holistic views on menopause? Because I know that's a hot button issue right now with bioidentical hormones, hormone replacement therapy. Have you, do you touch on that subject as someone who went into uh, menopause early? Is that something that you've, you're going to touch on or did you touch on in your books? I have touched it, touched on it in my first book, the uh, mm-hmm. Eat, Sleep, Meditate, A Nurse's Guide to Health. Not in detail, but I've touched on it because I went through menopause early and I probably had every menopausal symptom known to any woman from mm-hmm. head to toe, the depression, the sleepless nights, I would fall asleep at midnight and wake up at two o'clock and that was it. And that went on and on and on. I would have the joint pains, the hot flashes, the dry eyes, 
you know, the vaginal dryness, um, loss of libido completely, the dry skin. I lost my hair. My hair was all the way down in my back. I lost almost all of it. You know, uh, the palpitations, the trouble breathing, just a lot of stuff, stuffiness and all of that. But what, what I found is that once I changed my lifestyle, once I started eating mainly plants, eliminate dairy, um, minimize meat or anything that comes from um, animal-based, chicken or, or even fish, nothing flesh. I just went straight plant-based for years. And then I incorporated exercising. I started prioritizing sleep, getting a minimum of seven to eight hours of sleep, figured out ways to decrease my stress and uh, enjoy life and spend time in nature with sunlight. Then all those menopausal symptoms started resolving and resolving. And then some key herbs like valerian root that I would use or um, thyme. Black cohosh. I never used black cohosh. I didn't, mm -hmm. um, but teas like thyme tea and uh, raw foods, raw, raw green juicing and things like that. All of that helped um, me to heal my body naturally without really having to take any supplements or, or anything like that. And another quick thing is that I tried acupuncture, acupressure, you know, massage, you know, essential oils, all those things that in, in, involve the holistic approach, prayer, meditation, um, journaling, all those help me because, you know, the mind, the body and the spirit work together. So we have okay. to address whatever health issues we have from a holistic standpoint. Interesting. Cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So talk again about your next book, right? What are you looking to do there? The next one that I will be publishing? Yes. I think I would like to make it perhaps into a fiction kind of a book. Not necessarily, not necessarily Marva Riley being the name character, but um, Daniel Jones, <laughs> mm -hmm. the next character or something. I'd like to make it somewhat fictional, even though it'll, it'll be my story. I think it might appeal to people, um, not necessarily because I'm hiding, but um, that, that's where my thoughts are of um, going back perhaps to when, um, when my ex-husband, my children's dad and I met at a young age and the romance part of it and the children and what we did and the career. And then when I lost everything, cause I lost everything to foreclosure and divorce and everything, I had nothing. I'm a nurse, I had two jobs. And I remember when I was ready to move out I did not even have first, last, and security rent. Oh, wow. I did not have that. So I was making money because I had two jobs, killing myself. That's another thing that I would never do again. <laughs> but I was bent on sending my kids to college debt-free. And so I held on two jobs. As Daniel, no, we nurses tend to do that sometimes. And um, so I want to bring people through those stages. And then I want to show them that 
even though you lose everything, whatever it is, because I had lost my health, I lost my lost my family, like I lost friends, like you said, um, during the after divorce, even family members who, because I left, they blamed me, but they didn't know the story, right? And I want to show people that even though you lose everything, you can really come back and thrive because at this point in my life, I'm not rich, but I'm also not broke, okay? And, and, and I'm not sick anymore. I'm mentally, I'm good. I'm just at a very good place in my life. And I want to bring people from, to show them that from brokenness can come thrive and, and, you know, you can just, I mean, this, there's no limit to what you can become if you stay the course and not give up. I think that's fantastic. Have you written any fiction stories yet? Or are you, because you seem to be one of those people that dives in and learns how to do something like you're like, I'm going to learn how to do this myself, which is amazing. Have you taken any courses on that yet? I haven't done, I haven't taken any courses on how to write uh, fiction. I figure I'll just put my thoughts on uh, paper and then I probably won't use the same editor. I'll probably try to find myself a couple editors that have edited multiple fictional books to help me mm-hmm. kind of um, work things uh, through with this one. So that's why I believe it's going to probably take me a year or more to write this one because my other books are short books. Because folks don't like to write, read long books, as far as I know. Um, but I know the fiction needs to be probably twice the size of, of the, the, the health and wellness books that I have published. So it just it depends on the genre, you know. And mm-hmm. you can also do novellas. A lot of people do that. So don't limit yourself depending on the story and how you want to do it with the characters. Okay. Because it's a lot of fun. And I would find, because you've already found a bunch of stuff, I'd find some writers groups and stuff like that and find some critique groups. And I, I'm not a huge fan of critique groups all the time, but if you can find a group of authors that um, are supportive and wonderful and amazing and stuff like that, they really will help you to grow your writing, you know, to a higher level and stuff like that. And how does one find those groups? Um, I would look up writing groups in your area. You can do it on Facebook, so like writing groups in the city you live in and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then you can also look to see if the local libraries have anything like that. And mm-hmm. just Google that area because you'd be surprised how many little writing groups are around. But they, I mean, for uh, I think I think pretty obvious reasons, they don't run around going, I'm a writing group, I'm a writing group. They just they meet and they meet locally. And sometimes they meet virtually, especially ever since COVID, a lot more of them meet virtually, but there are um, so many amazing people. And especially that we hear on the podcast that have gone through the writing journey because of a group of people that they found or another writer friend that keeps them accountable. Cause sometimes, you know, it's, it is a um, very solitary, but non-solitary work because you need all these other people, editors, typesetters, all these other people to be in your world, proofreaders, beta readers. But at the same time, you're kind of by yourself when you're writing. So finding even one other person to be a writing sort of companion with can mm-hmm. be pretty amazing, you know, and helpful. Um, so 
I'm definitely, definitely going to look into that because it's amazing that you said that because I have a, a friend, a, another nurse who has, <laughs> since I published my first book in 2020, she has authored one herself, her memoir, which is doing very well because she was um, a victim of, of sexual abuse as a child. And she's written around that. And then she has co-authored three other books with some tribe members in a group that she she's linked up with. And, and uh, they're doing very well in that group. They have editors and beta readers and all that. So they're not taking any anybody else. So that's why I'm not in it. But it's it's interesting that you've said that. I'm definitely going to look into it. And um, and yeah, it's a it's a brilliant idea. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I absolutely would because I think that's super important, you know. Um mm-hmm. Oh, what is, what is the other question? Danielle. I wanted, I have another medical question. Sorry, Erica. That's okay. Um, regarding the cardiac myopathy, what was the uh, cause of it? What was the pathophysiology behind it uh, when you were diagnosed? Well, the thing is that it was, it was, it was idiopathic. That meaning that oh, they, they did didn't not know what the cause of it was but what was happening well maybe I should back up a little bit they did know the um I had there's there's a part of my heart that was overly excited it was the the electrical part of my heart was not functioning properly you had an EPS I did yes I did an EPS study and they found that there was an air from my heart that was overly excited so I was having was called ventricular tachycardia. My heart was going yep. like that. And mm-hmm. what eventually could have happened is that my heart would just get really crazy. And then eventually it could just stop and I would die. And mm-hmm. because my heart, rather than, you know, uh, beating on a regular basis, it was beating irregularly, that weakened the muscles of my heart. So a normal heart muscle um, it's supposed to be like heart muscle strength or heart muscle strength is supposed to be 55 or greater. Mine was 30 to 35. Okay. It's called the ejection fraction. Mm-hmm. The strength at which the heart is pumping to pump the blood to the body. Mine was at 30 to 35. So I was walking around feeling dizzy, lightheaded, no energy. I would walk to the end of the room, sit. I had no energy. I had no energy to hang out with my kids. I couldn't go to the games. I was just feeling sick all the time. So my um, at that time, I worked in the recovery room at a large hospital. And one of my coworkers, a nurse, who was more seasoned nurse than I was, said, you should go see an electrophysiologist because the regular cardiologist was treating me as if the muscle, the heart muscle was the problem. But the heart muscle weakness was a, was a, was related to the electrical um, problem, right? So when I went to see the electrophysiologist, he actually said to me, this is not unusual for women your age. I was 38. He said, I see it, but it's correctable. So he did a, a, a cardiac ablation where he went in and burn that area of the heart that was overly excited. And he said to me, maybe you have to repeat it in 
successful. When I went back two weeks after that for my checkup, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home and flush all those medications that you were on down the toilet. I want you to change the way you eat. You need to start eating healthily because even though we're nurses, it doesn't necessarily mean we know what healthy eating is. And I thought I was eating healthily, but I never knew what it meant to eat a salad. Because I'm from Jamaica, we generally don't eat salads. Okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and really? uh, no, we generally don't eat salad. We'll eat veg all the vegetables, steamed vegetables, but not every day either. It's like white rice and meat, that kind of thing. And also he said, I want you to walk for 30 minutes every single day. He said, get rid of coffee, get rid of anything with caffeine. You need to lower your stress level and make sleep a priority. But because I was so desperate to feel well, I followed the doctor's orders to the T. And when I went back, Three months after that, to get the echocardiogram done, which is an ultrasound of the heart, which measures the muscle function of the heart, my ejection fraction, which was 30 to 35%, had gone up to 55%. And I was able to do a treadmill test, actually run up a treadmill, incline, and the doctors were just amazed just by my changing my lifestyle. I am 60 years old right now. I know lifestyle works because I'm 60 and I was never able to jog. I can jog right now. I can exercise every single day. I get up and I have energy because I've prioritized my lifestyle because health is so important to me. I cannot afford to go back to where I was. And that's why I write books and that's why I do interviews. And that's why I have my YouTube channel, because I share all these things with people, tips, how you can get healthy and stay healthy, get fit, stay fit, lose the weight, keep it all for good. Because I've been there, I've lived it. I love that so much. Okay, so let's do a little shameless self-promotion, Marva. Where can people find your books? And where can okay. people follow you? Okay, my books, all of my books are available on Amazon, Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble, my website, rnmarvariley.com. My, the ebook is $4.99, paperback is $9.99. And I am on all social media platforms. Like I said before, I am on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook group that I call The Doctor in You. And we take anyone who is interested in, you know, making their health better. I'm on TikTok, Twitter, and LinkedIn under the name Marva Riley. I also have a website, rnmarvariley.com. I do a monthly, uh, well, probably daily blog on my website. And I send out a month, a free monthly health and wellness newsletter. So one can also sign up for my free monthly health and wellness newsletter on my website, rnmarvariley.com. That is amazing. Marva, you've been so much fun to have on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Danielle and Erica. You guys were amazing. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Hey guys. So this has been drinking with authors. Um, don't forget to like subscribe and leave us a review. I think about there you this. go. Yes. Um, so my co-host today has been Danielle Arsina. Our guest has been Marva Riley and we will see you guys next time. This has been a broadcast of the ESO network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.